Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Alexandra here, and as usual, I hope your Wednesday is going well so far. I cannot believe we're kind of already in the middle of August. Um, And, you know, I thought that this summer would go by pretty slowly given the whole pandemic and being at home for the most part and whatnot. Um, But surprisingly, it's really snuck past me, and I'm pretty sure. Maybe some of y'all folks also feel that way. Um, but yeah, soon enough, I'm going to be starting my last year at Queen's, which is really, really scary to think about, quite honestly, but also really exciting. I've loved being in Kingston over the last three years, and hopefully this isn't the last little bit of time here. I would like to stay a little longer than just the next eight months, quite frankly, but it really all just does depend on where I get a job at this point, quite honestly, which is also another lovely, scary graduating thought. Um, But one of the many reasons that I love being in Kingston, not only is it a gorgeous city, especially when I'm hanging around downtown, um, but because of the art scene here, and I know I've said that so many times on this show, but it really is true. Myself also being an artist, um, you know, I study film and music. I love to create. I love to explore new realms and mediums of art and whatnot um so yeah i love the arts um i love making videos i love composing music playing music honestly anything to do with music um which is why i love kingston because there's such a support for local musicians here and so many opportunities to play and learn more um And yeah, with myself being an artist, I also know how important it is to lift and support other artists as well, which is why this week I am back with another collaboration episode with the Kingston Arts Council to highlight youth artists here in the Kingston area and all of the amazing stuff that they've done and are doing right now. Um, My first guest this week is Kay Kenny, who was born and raised here in Kingston. She um, had then moved to Ottawa after high school to study dance at the School of Dance in Ottawa. Um, Kay has taught in Kingston, Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal, which is super awesome. So we are going to welcome Kay onto the show. So welcome, Kay. Um, How are you doing today? I'm good, Alexandra. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Yeah, so I am a contemporary dancer based out of Kingston. Um, Kingston is my hometown and I uh, left the city to go and train at the School of Dance in Ottawa where I continued my practice into dance and shaped it into the contemporary realm. Um, So I act as a dancer and a choreographer. I dance for a company in Toronto called Social Growl Dance and a company in Ottawa called Ottawa Dance Directive. But recently, I have plugged myself back into my hometown, Kingston, where I have opened up my own studio space, Movement Market. 
That's awesome. Thanks. That's really great to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like you said, you're mainly a dancer. And what sort of dance do you specialize in? And I guess, have you tried anything else or anything really out of your comfort zone? Um, Yeah, so I specialize in contemporary dance, which when I explain it to kids, I have this really good image of it being like a chili of ingredients. So contemporary dance, once you're done the training and you've, and well, yeah, so contemporary dance, once you've done all the training and you've got that technique into your body, I explain it that it can be this big crock pot of chili. You could be throwing some break dance in there, some ballet, some jazz, musical theater. You can take some of that stuff out. Um, it's a really, it's really up to the choreographer and it's always different. That's what I love about it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I used to do a little bit of contemporary dance back in high school myself. And I also did like musical theater for many years. Mm-hmm. I did ballet growing up and stuff. So um, no, it's, it's that's a really good way to put contemporary dance. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like a little crock pot of chili, you yeah, know? <laughs> that's a great analogy for it, for sure. Um, and I guess with dance, how did your passion for dance develop um, at the beginning of your journey and like into what it is right now? Of course. Um, so as I said, I grew up in Kingston. I started dancing at the age of, well, I was just before I turned four at the Kingston School of Dance in the Tet Center. So I grew up dancing uh, mainly in ballet, and then I branched out into jazz and some other um, like Latin dance, and uh, I did some partner work. And yeah, I just kind of trained. That was something I did as a kid. And I didn't really think twice about it. I knew I, I did want to continue dancing as an adult, but I, I thought more of just instructing, not necessarily performing. And when I was in grade 12 here at Regi, I busted my knee. So I dislocated my knee. Um, I split my patella. It was just a yucky injury. So I had to rehab uh, for about eight months. I probably should have rehabbed a little bit longer. And it really uh, knocked me on my butt and made me realize that I need to move and I want to dive deeper into this art form. Mm -hmm. So through that period of time of me like sitting in my sorrows, (laughs) I discovered that like I needed to dance and I wanted to pursue it. So the second I got better, I went and auditioned to, I auditioned for a bunch of post-secondary educational institutes Mm -hmm. and I got into a few of them and I got to choose and the rest is history. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, that's really awesome. And on that note, besides like, um, how do I word this? I'm aware that like a lot of dancers do face like a lot of injuries from like pushing themselves like really, really hard. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk about what that experience is like, like not being able to do something you're so passionate about when, you know, it's something that you had been doing for what like 12 years of your life at that point I yeah. guess um, or any other struggles really that people um, as dancers or artists in general face well what a juicy question Alexandra <laughs> <laughs> with everything going on right now um, dance is it's really up in the air at the moment so I'm kind of going to go backwards like I'm in this point of how are we going to shape dance and still be able to touch and express in the way that I in the way that I'm passionate about creating and about moving without adapting too much. Yeah. 
And then injury wise, like as a dancer, I say to the youth in the city, like we're always injured. Mm -hmm. We're always injured. Even as humans, we always have something going on with our ankle. It's just how we manage it and how we take care of ourselves. Right. Um, As someone that's getting older and is still a dancer, I have to take that extra time to do the cross training to make sure that my body is in shape to hold the shapes that I'm going to be doing in a choreography. Um, Two springs ago now, I actually busted the same knee 10 years later. (laughs) Yes. So that I was in rehearsal in Ottawa and we weren't even moving. I just pushed off of my leg to get up to standing and she wasn't happy so that again knocked me on my butt for a good chunk of time it made me reevaluate where I am and the artist I want to be so I do think not everything happens for a reason but doors close windows open so when injuries or some some roadblocks appear it's like how can we mold this to still keep going and follow our passion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even with an injury so teaching people to not get injured yeah so I um I'm also a Pilates instructor and Mm -hmm. I would I've said to all my students uh Pilates has kept me dancing so I want to share that with my community so you know they don't run into that same roadblock or they have that extra bit of support in their body yeah Yeah, for sure Mm -hmm. um and like you said you um were solely just a dancer and then you um, like got into teaching dance and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and I was just wondering what inspired you um, to not just dance but to teach it to others as well Um, yeah well it's funny growing up in Kingston I didn't really know that I could be a dancer (laughs) I knew I could grow up to be a dance teacher and that's all I really knew from the city. Um, I saw the bigger companies coming to the Grand Theatre and I was always in awe and excited but I never thought that I would make it there for some reason. There was like this big gap that I just never thought I'd be able to jump over or challenge myself to get to. Um, So, sorry, I'm like rambling. No, (laughs) no, that's all right. Um, What was the question again, Alexandra? It was... Um, What inspired you to not only just dance, Ah, but to teach it to others as well? Yeah. Yeah, so... I left Kingston, went to the post-secondary education at the School of Dance, and I was like, holy crap, I can be a dancer and not just a Saturday morning dance instructor. Like, Mm -hmm. I can actually perform for a living and be in the creative process with all of these amazing artists, which I didn't know I could do, like, in our next door, like, next door to Kingston. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. So... I actually did the reverse. (laughs) (laughs) I started as a teacher in Kingston, then I discovered dance, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a dancer. And then from dancing and experiencing uh, the processes with all these amazing artists, I was like, I want to create as well. I want to choreograph. I want to mold space and bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, oh, teaching, right. That's another thing I enjoy doing. (laughs) So that kind of came as like, it's, it's more um, present now in my life than it has been in the past, Right. Uh, I'd say, eight years. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. So I was traveling a lot. I was in and out of the city. And yeah, I'm trying to be here more. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Share the practice. Um, and you were saying that you, um, that you like to create and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm wondering, like, what's your kind of creative process when you're choreographing or... Um, 
teaching or anything mm-hmm. really, yeah. Uh, well, my creative process has a lot to do with uh, like the written word. Um, I reference um, journal entries or poems that either myself or uh, the group of dancers has built together. Um, I am really passionate about creating work that anyone can relate to. I'm not as turned on to big dance movements that we see on TV and shapes that the audience would say, oh my goodness, I I could never do that. I could never do that. I would rather put a dancer in front of them that is, is moving in a gestural way where the audience is having these light bulbs like, oh my gosh, I did that yesterday in my kitchen. And, you know, but it might be a little bit more dramatic or mm-hmm. something like that. But something that I, yeah, the movement inspiration is based off of the human experience. It's not the technique of dance. It's like, how can we make the body move in all the ways? Right. Mm-hmm. Without it being um, too structured in a technique. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. If that makes sense. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and my next question for you is, I know that you um, host workshops for dance, and I was wondering what those sort of look like, and what exactly is your goal with them, and what do you kind of want people to take from your workshops? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, so I just opened up Movement Market Studio in Portsmouth Village, and I'm super excited about that. Congratulations, thank, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, we opened up on the 4th of August, and it's a collaborative space for dance, self-care, conditioning classes, and artistic residencies, and a place to develop your artistry. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, I'm super excited to offer a hub for people like me or people that are interested in getting into dance, um, a safe place that's supportive um, here in the city. So yeah, the workshops that I'm offering and the classes that I'm offering, there, there is a range. There's uh, like contemporary dance. So you're coming to a technique class with me. It might be outside, it might be inside. Mm-hmm. But you will be standing beside someone that has never danced before and someone that used to dance for half their life. And they're still doing the same work. And that's what I'm about right now. Mm-hmm. Is It's like you have it in your body just because someone has that little bit more of training doesn't mean that you can't access that with the right, right information and the right support in this space or in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, choreographic workshops that I'm going to be offering where um, community members... Uh, can come together and I'll I'll create a a work on them outside right now because of everything going on with COVID. Um, But I really get to see how they move in their body and and I'll take their movement and be like, oh, let's use what, you know, Stephanie just did and let's teach it to the whole group. So Mm -hmm. it's it's really collaborative. Um, Yeah, yeah, really collaborative, really... uh, you have to come with an open mind. I would say low expectations come with an open mind and a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll go through a journey. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really awesome. And I like that you mentioned that it's collaborative because yeah. sometimes like when people go to dance classes, it's just like, here's a routine that we've kind of done for you. Master it, learn it. You can put a few of your own twist. Right. But I think it's kind of cool that you kind of bring other people's like, um, 
own experience yeah Yeah, like like what's what's ever residing in their body and that's again like with the technique of dance right we see these dancers and what they can do and it's incredible you know but what's the other side of it Mm -hmm. and how can maybe those dancers don't always want to do the same shapes every day right yeah yeah so this is just a way of the dancer to share with the pedestrian let's say and the pedestrian to give to the dancer Mm -hmm. yeah very cool um and obviously with COVID-19 there has been a lot of change for a lot of different people regarding their career and their practice so I was wondering how the pandemic has affected your um practice in the arts over the last I guess four-ish five months yeah well it started uh with this wave of support from an from the online community um and my artistic colleagues from all around the world. I was teaching online uh, a lot because my community wanted that and that's how we were connecting every single day. My husband was like dancing behind me in my living room with my three (laughs) dogs and I never thought in a million years I'd be teaching a dance class in my living room to a little tiny screen. (laughs) Um, So that was a big change. But now that the weather has gotten so nice and people are not as keen on being on the computer, including myself, um, it's it's scary. Um, I got into dance because of the collaboration and Mm -hmm. being able to move with bodies and mold them in space. And and right now that's not going to happen for a while. Like I don't know when I'm going to be able to touch another dancer on stage again Mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll be in a group piece it's you know a lot of my colleagues uh, dancers theater people they have all taken a lot of time to rethink their career wow yeah and reshape or go back to school and it's this heavy moment for a lot of people and I'm in a place where I opened up a flipping studio (laughs) (laughs) so back in um, the winter before all of this was released or before you know we had to shut down I found this great space and I was like this is going to be it I'm so excited this Mm -hmm. is my this is my critical timeline I'm going to be here by this date and everything has changed right But I still said to myself, I need to do this. I need to see. And people are like, you're so crazy to be opening up a business (laughs) during a pandemic. And I say, yes, 100%. I agree with you. I'm crazy. (laughs) But I I feel with the other businesses in the city, they're getting like this re, they might not love that I'm saying this because they're in a completely different situation, but they've had to like revamp their business and come up with new protocols and stuff. So I'm walking into what this new normal is right now right you know without having to necessarily change what the space was before mm-hmm. um but with that being said too I'm I'm stubborn I don't want to adapt too too much I want I want my dancing back I want to be able to choreograph on people in a space and say you touch her shoulder and you know and it yeah. will come um yeah long answer <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um and i guess another very very big question a lot of my ending questions are quite perfect alexandra i love it yeah i like having (laughs) these conversations i think it's really cool like talking to another artist and stuff like that yeah Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, my next question is where do you see your career heading in the future and what do you hope to be and gain from this whole experience especially now like opening up your own studio which is awesome yeah Mm -hmm. um well like i said i want to create a hub for creation development self-care and conditioning classes i want to be offering a local creative artistic residency twice a year that artists can come from outside of our city when it's okay to Mm -hmm. um to explore and develop and 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 bring these other colorful people to influence our city, like when we go to Toronto or Montreal or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I want I want to see more dance in the city. There are more dancers arriving in the city. I would love, yeah, residencies, maybe an emerging arts dance festival. That would be very cool. Mm-hmm. In the past, I've done. Uh, on average one to two shows here in Kingston a year and it's usually um, youth and pre-professional dance artists uh, but I would just love to get an established dance like to to create on an established dance artist here or have them create on me I've I've really held the title as project leader and choreographer for the past few movement market events and I would love to be a dancer in my own city Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a big goal. Um, and inspiring the youth in our community and reminding them that dance is a, a way to go. Mm-hmm. It's not just being a teacher. And not, not to say that being a teacher is just because it's amazing and there's incredible dance studios and dance teachers here. But they have a background of dance that... For their students, they might not know that, you know, their ballet mistress had like five years of professional dance training or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they're hanging out in Kingston. You know, there's a lot of, yeah, I want to bring the movers together. That sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Bring the movers together. (laughs) Illuminate Um, the city with dance. Yeah. That would be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And there is like, I think Kingston is such like, a vibrant art city um when it comes to like music for sure like we have so much local music here in the city and there's always people performing like so many open mic nights stuff at like bars and whatnot um and also a lot of like visual work but there would it would be really cool to see a lot more dance in the city Mm -hmm. at like the square or like we have the spaces we have all of these amazing spaces it's just getting people in there to fill them right exactly and and yeah bringing not necessarily main stage performances here but something that's like relatable for an audience it's going to be intimate for a while it's not going to be big dance companies Mm -hmm. it's going to be small audiences you're really going to get to experience it and I think that's a silver lining for sure with everything going on Mm -hmm. and I think that is good too like not that not having big dance companies is bad but it's just right. like really yes. great to like support local local artists and stuff like that yeah um, like we're here we're yeah. here yeah we, we would exist. love to do it <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> but also we want, would love to go and see you know the big companies perform as well you exactly. know it's, it, it, it's it's the full circle for sure mm-hmm. um and my big big question <laughs> is would you say that the arts are an essential to life 
Oh, that's a mm. great question. <laughs> I think absolutely. I think absolutely. And I think in this, in these past five months, I've witnessed people really tap into their creative selves more mm-hmm. than ever. And completely agree. Yeah. yeah. And whatever that means for them, I'm sure it's, it's brightened a light for them in a way, or it's helped them to attack their, their daily job in a, in a more creative way so that they enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's essential. There can never be enough artists, yeah. you know, and yeah. you can be an artist and do other things as well. And I think that's, I was talking to someone yesterday, like about the youth in the community and letting them know that being an artist is not like a failure. You know, you can be an artist and other things as well, but mm-hmm. it's essential and, and it keeps us thinking and feeling. I think it's, yeah, I need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I completely agree with what you said also about like people tapping into their creative side during this pandemic. Cause even, even myself, like I started painting Sure. Like, and I, I used to, but I haven't in like, I think seven or eight years, like when I was like 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was really nice. And a lot of people I know too have been like taking up painting or collaging or like learning a new instrument, that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like really great to see people, Um, do that and you know so many people have been relying on the arts to get them through this whether that be music movies what yeah like film that all that kind of stuff for sure yeah yeah and even with the online stuff as well like with me opening this new space I've had a handful of people reach out to me and say listen I would have never in a million years walked into a dance class or into a bar class or a Pilates class but because I was able to do this in the comfort of my own living room for the first couple sessions Mm -hmm. now I'm more inclined to you know that's really go out and try and and be with other people moving you know not being as hard on themselves about failing Mm because failure is beautiful yeah and that's really good that like you know it must be really rewarding for you too to be able to you know, see that like you're making that kind of like difference in people's lives and yeah. just kind of getting them out of their comfort zone. Yeah, it's really humbling yeah. and I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> um, and how can the community support artists during um, a time like this, given the whole pandemic and everything going on? Yeah, so I think the community just needs to know that we're here and that um it's a really scary time. There's, I, I've had a lot of support from outside people being very generous with how they are supporting artists in the city because they're worried about them and they don't want art to disappear, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't want all of us to go back to school and, and change our direct, like direction. Not that we, all the artists would be doing that, but I know that there's a panic of stability and like financial stability as artists and how we're going to you know right um for yeah like just knowing that the artists are here knowing if you're a sponsor in the city that without the artists that sponsorship isn't there anymore Mm -hmm. right like we we need you just as much as you need us and there's there's a really we could have a really strong handshake you know (laughs) between those well, I don't know. I, yeah, just knowing we're here, knowing that we're trying, um, showing up, 
right showing up whether it's in a park whether it is an, a live music event maybe it's going um online for the trivia night like at the grad club or something mm-hmm. like that you know it's just showing up <laughs> yeah completely yeah um is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off um no just sending like love and light out to everybody if you're lost and you're looking for someone to bounce ideas off of just reach out to me um I would love to support anyone that's going through the same thing yeah we're all in it together (laughs) completely agree um well thank you so much for um coming in and um talking to me about your practice your career and kind of um your whole journey I guess through your um, dance career. Thanks, um, Alexandra. It's a really great conversation. It I'm was. Glad to to yeah. it. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, Appreciate of course. It. Thank you so, so much again, Kay, for coming in um, and coming on air with me for this amazing episode in which we feature youth Kingston artists um, right here in our um, local city. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to some music from a local Kingston band since this episode is all about supporting local artists and stuff. Um, so this is Sherry um, by Oak Ridge Avenue from their album Endless Nights, which was released earlier this year. Um, and then we'll be back.
We're back and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. We just had a great interview with local Kingston artist and dancer Kay Kenny. And now we're going to have a conversation with Vincent Perez, another Kingston artist. Um, Vincent um, has his own company here called Everloving Press. Um a company that he started and we're going to talk about um his inspiration um his adaptability during the COVID-19 pandemic um and his awesome company so let's welcome Vince on to CFRC 101.9 FM how are you doing today We're back and you're listening to Today in YGK with Alexandra here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We just had a great interview with um, local Kingston artist and dancer Kay Kenny. And now we're going to speak with Vincent Perez. Um, Vince has his own um, company here in Kingston called Everloving Press. And we're just going to have a great conversation with him regarding his career, um, his adaptability during this pandemic and his um, company. So welcome on to CFRC 101.9 FM, Vincent. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm a letterpress printer and a graphic designer. And I've been in Kingston for about 15 years off and on. Um, I um, specialize in uh, serving arts and culture as a graphic designer. And um, as a printer, I do uh, specialty printing. I work with uh, antique presses um, that uh, they do relief printing. Um, sometimes they use movable type. Uh, so this is kind of an obsolete technology that's been repurposed by artists and craftspeople to create um, interesting um, stationary or art pieces. I've been in um, my own print shop for about 10 years here in Kingston. Awesome, thank you. Um, and what sort of inspired you and got you your start in working in the like printing press and stationery industry, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably a long story. Um, I think that I've always been interested in, in graphics and in, in, um, in uh, visuals and in, in art. Uh, and so it's been a journey to discover, you know, what my role in that is. And um, I think, you know, I, I went to art school and all of that, but I, I, I think um, my uh, interest in, in graphic design and, and, and letterpress printing uh, came from a project uh, I was involved in uh, quite a while ago now, and it was a community um, based art project that involved sourcing uh, stories from community members and then attempting to publish them in the form of, you know, uh, these uh, miniature books. And so in order to do that, I had to teach myself how to, how to, uh, uh, well, uh, typeset, you know, just on the computer, right? Just using Word, whatever I had, um, on hand at the moment. And, uh, and then I kind of, you know, ended up um, my first exposure to, to the, the printing was uh, was my um, visit to a 
print shop on Montreal Street. It was sort of in the back of an industrial plaza. Belonged to a fellow called Rick Newman, whose family had um, been in printing in Kingston for uh, generations. So his father, perhaps grandfather, had owned the Jackson Press, which occupied a central block in downtown Kingston. Anyway, by the time I met him, he had been... Um, he, he was at the end of his career, so he'd been reduced to this sort of space in the back of this of this plaza, and he had time, and he was kind, and so he let me uh, he let me uh, observe uh, his work and then use some of his equipment, and uh, that sort of gave me the bug, and so from there I I went to uh, study at uh, um, the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design, and um, I chose to go there during a time when they were transitioning a an important. Uh, collection of letterpress equipment and 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 uh, bookbinding to uh, the college it had been housed previously at Dalhousie University and it was servicing their library um, studies students um, so um, more and more so the art students and design students at the uh, Nova Scotia College were uh, were interested in that um, they were using those technologies for, you know, zine making and, you know, they were, um, doing what artists, designers, craftspeople do. And so it seemed like a natural, um, a natural, uh, um, place for the, for the, um, collection to end up. So having arrived there at just the right time, I was able to volunteer. I was able to eventually um, come to manage the place and have access to this sort of world-class collection of, of letterpress, which is how, you know, I was able to teach myself. Um, I shouldn't say that I taught myself. Um, uh, I, I, I definitely, I, I received instruction, but it was informal. Uh, there wasn't a lot of, um, there weren't, there weren't a lot of courses. There certainly wasn't like a a major in this, um, but there was a lovely um, uh, book arts conservator who, who, who definitely lent a hand. Um, so when my time there ended, I came back to Kingston with with the sort of knowledge base that I needed, and I collected the pieces to, uh, uh, and by pieces I mean you know the uh, the presses and um, all the odds and ends to uh, establish my own shop. <laughs> the design and the the printing um, they go hand in hand, and I think you know sometimes folks. Approach me for design because they know I have this background in, in printing and and you know maybe their project needs a little little vintage little throwback little retro or something. And that's kind of how you, just like your whole journey. Um, into in a nutshell, that's how I've arrived here. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it's been it's certainly been up and down. Like mm -hmm. you can imagine that being. A letterpress printer, you know, a printer using a, a obsolete technologies in the uh, 21st century is it, it's hard to make a living at. Um, also, you know, within Canada, which is a smaller market, right. there are plenty more uh, letterpress printers in in the U.S. But in Canada, as far as I know, I think there may be a dozen, and that's generous. Um, doing it. Uh, for a living, right? Doing it commercially, mm -hmm. there are. Uh, this might be interesting. There, there are at least two camps of letterpress printer, um, and uh, and so you know I fall into this commercial printing um, camp. But there's also the book arts, right? The folks that are um, creating uh, 
uh, small runs of, of these fine handmade books and, and selling those uh, as collectibles, I guess. Um, so, you know, I have to be careful how I, you know, define that dozen, you know, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting time, uh, f- for this. Uh, I think a lot of the, the interest that we do have, um, comes from a bit of a backlash to, you know, the, um, printing technologies that prevail right now. So your digital and your offset, um, if you need me to sort of go into, you know, any of these, if I'm, if I'm using jargon and it's not clear, <laughs> let me know. I mean, letterpress, you know, to try to be clear, letterpress is what Gutenberg did. It's the movable type. It's small letters, you know, um, often made of metal that you, you know, you um, place one at a time to create words and then sentences and then paragraphs and, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. Now, I don't always do that. I, I have ways of creating um, relief plates and using these machines with, you know, modern graphics and typesetting. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, computers are, are heavily involved. Yeah. No, but that sounds really, really cool. Um, that just kind of started off as like, like by the sounds of it, it doesn't seem like it was something that you kind of considered as a career when you first got into it. And did it just yeah. kind of develop and you kind of just grew to love it and now you have your own press company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 um, unlikely. <laughs> I, 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 uh, am, am aware of that. Uh, and and grateful that, that that I can make a living. Um, it's certainly not something that you, you know, were um, that you learned about, right? Um, mm-hmm. In in school. Yeah. So so to you know to come across it, well, that had to happen for me later in life. So it's been kind of it's always been in around you know art making and and like I said earlier, um, graphics and visuals, uh, but. But yeah, I, I've I've had to try on a few hats before, you know, coming to the place I am at now. And who knows how it'll evolve, you know, in in future. Um, I, you know, it, it might be worth me saying that you know, part of what I do is this custom work. So what that looks like is, like I said, high end stationery, which might mean wedding invites. It might mean business cards for um, creative uh, businesses. Um, it might mean packaging for products. Um, you can see all of this at, at my website, everlevenpress.com, or on my Instagram, um, which is updated more frequently, um, to get a sense of it. But part of it is also, you know, the, the uh, I call them ready-mades. Um, yeah, they're retail products. Or, or, you know, sometimes they're just art prints that, that I do um, uh, as self-expression. Um so uh, the art prints um, are often done in collaboration with other artists and illustrators. Uh, it's a medium that, uh, that uh, it, uh, it's rare enough, I think, and it's certainly beautiful. And so it, it interests illust- illustrators and artists um, to, to have their work translated to, to that medium. And, and so I'll approach these, these really like, top-notch uh illustrators and and um kind of shyly ask them whether they'd want to be involved in a project with me and and i think you know 90 percent of the time they're they're uh they sign on and 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 so we you know we uh we make these these works together and um um i think the fullest expression of that has been the series that we've been printing for um, the better part of 
five years, if not longer, uh, called The Canadianist, which, um, and it's called that because, you know, all of the illustrators are, are Canadian and mm-hmm. we often, uh, you know, certainly in the design brief, we, 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 we ask for, uh, the illustrators to, um, work out Canadian themes in, 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 in their drawings. So, um, that's, that's been a joy because, uh, you know, it's been, uh, a way to, you know, meet my heroes, um, to, you know, um, to be supportive of their work, uh, to print really good work that, you know, um, you know, make, makes my work look better <laughs> to, 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 um, get letterpress out there. Um, and, uh, and, and sort of feel like, you know, I'm at the same time, uh, growing a community. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, um, like we were talking about, um, Ever Loving Press, your own company and stuff. Um, but before that, you were the manager of Dawson Print Shop, I believe. I was doing some research, and I was just wondering um, what was that role like, um, and kind of why did you, if you don't mind talking about it, why did you um, kind of jump to go start your own company instead of um, instead of what you were doing um, at Dawson? Right. Well, I touched on the Dawson earlier. It was that print shop uh, that they moved from uh, Dalhousie uh, University to to NASCAD, to the art college. Um, And so, like I said, I volunteered there um, and I, you know, was in the right place and time to to be hired as a a manager, co-manager. And so that's where, you know, again, I had access to all of this, this collection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so at the art college, at least for a while, the print shop was both a teaching space, a teaching print shop. It's, uh, um, it was, it was used for, you know, teaching, uh, DIY publishing, or you know, or 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 the printmakers, um, but uh, but it was also a business. It was also a student-run business, and I think that was an attempt by the college to, you know, uh, give students the opportunity to sort of you know see how entrepreneurship worked. And so um, that didn't last too long. I think that was a couple of years um, where they got funding for that. And once that was done, well, my job was over, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I could hang out as a an instructor maybe, but, uh, it appealed to me to sort of continue on, uh, you know, uh, printing for myself. Um, I wanted to return to Kingston too. Um, and so, uh, you know, I saw the opportunity. I found the community here very supportive, mm-hmm. even of like an oddball idea like this. And, uh, and so when I landed here, uh, I was, uh, correct. I, you know, got, um, a lot of support, you know, I, I introduced myself to another printer, a screen printer uh, in town, whose um, company is called Ironclad Graphics, and uh, and early on he he allowed me to use uh, his space um, cheaply, and we still share a shop um, ten years later, and uh, and so beyond that, you know, um, local folks have hired me, uh, you know, shout out to like the screening room for example, who've. Um, hired me uh, on the regular and you know north side and probably too many to mention here Mm -hmm. um but you know that's incredible because 
I make a thing that <laughs> can be made by uh, other uh, technologies for um, yeah much more uh, much more cheaply. So I I, uh, I you know I appreciate that, and I know there's value in it, right? Like there's it's it's a special product, but uh, but yeah, like uh, it kind of leads me to speaking about COVID, right? Because of course you know a lot of these local businesses that have supported mine, you know, aren't able to. Uh, I don't need as many membership cards or as many loyalty cards or uh, gift cards. Um, and so that's that's been, you know, tough for all of us. Um, I, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I've got kind of enough irons in the fire that, uh, that you know, I've, I've made it through. Okay, not that we're through, but um, up until now, you know, it's it's been it's been um, reasonable. Uh, <laughs> I. I, I'll admit that you know printing has fallen off a cliff, <laughs> um, and so that's given me the time to you know pursue the um, you know the the art prints and um, the uh, you know the play right the the experimenting that 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 maybe I haven't had the time to do because I've been you know printing for for money, um, and so that's and that in turn has allowed me to sort of the time to 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 think about what, you know, I want to do next, whether it's, you know, turn the print shop over to, you know, maybe some, some workshops for folks, uh, or, or, you know, pursue, uh, more of the, um, the, the art prints. I, I'm not, I'm not certain. And I, I certainly need to be, I, I certainly need to be, um, careful about my bottom line. <laughs> um, cause that's a reality. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm grateful that you know I'm still standing, and of course, graphic design has a lot to do with it. Graphic design has mm -hmm. has has been able to um, float me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, that's perfect. My next question was going to be, how has the pandemic affected your career and yeah. practice in the arts? But I think you um, kind of nailed it there. Unless you wanted to elaborate a little bit more, but I think it's really great that um, you know you're um, having a chance to like. Um, practice more is not the right word that I'm trying to go for but you know just like mm -hmm. experiment a little bit more I suppose and stuff and I think a lot of people have been doing that during this pandemic like trying to um, figure out what more they can do what next they can do sort of thing especially when it comes to the arts or yeah. just something new that they can do yeah it's an interesting question to pose to yourself you know once you're given that space to breathe <laughs> um, you know what do you do with it uh, you, uh, you know it's it's an interesting Perspective. It has been an introspective time for me, um, and it's been interesting to witness, you know, what my colleagues have done, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I'll say I think, you know, I, I um, you know, made a couple prints that were relevant to the time, you know, I, I, I fundraised with them for, for cause, you know, causes other than my own, right? Like uh, um, Black Lives Matter, or what, you know. Um, whatever was appropriate, but I, uh, uh, I, I see my colleagues sort of pivoting, um, in really interesting ways. So I had mentioned, uh, my shopmate, Ironclad Graphics, you know, they've taken to, to in fact, selling masks. They print on those masks. Um, they've, um, got an interesting project where they sell t-shirts, um, to, uh, raise, uh, money for local businesses mm -hmm. um, and um, 
you know, it's it's been uh, and they're not the only ones. It's been a time for um, you know innovation uh, and uh, that has to do with you know survival, but you know it, I think it also has to do with a uh, with self assessment. You know, and uh, I think you know a lot of us are going to come out of this with improved systems and uh, methods um, so that uh, you know we can operate better or. Um, or, you know, uh, with a clear sense of our priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's been a big one for me, you know, just the time to think about what my priorities are. Uh, like you said, like professional development, whatever that means, whether that's, you know, um, nurturing creativity or whether, you know, that's getting uh, on top of my, you know, financials, like my, you know, my bookkeeping, um, you know, these things often get, um, left aside when you know when you're you're just putting out fires right right awesome um and i guess um my last question for you is how can um the community support artists during a weird time like this oh um that's a great question i've dealt with this question because uh you know one of my roles in the community is uh, as a organizer of the fat goose craft fair which is a popular holiday season craft fair. It draws a few thousand people um, within a span of six hours. It's very important for, um, it represents like a, a huge sales opportunity for, for, for certain artists um, in, in Kingston and the region. And we've decided to, you know, to cancel that because there's no conceivable way of accommodating thousands of people in a space mm-hmm. um, during this time. So, you know, we may use our our reach, our social media channels and email lists to, to you know, kind of plug uh, past vendors. But, you know, we've also put it out there that, you know, the best way, and this is the answer to your question, the best way is to, you know, make sure you're, you know, considering uh, uh, buying local. You know, there are, there are venues to do that. I mean, both online, of course, like more and more so, Artists have, you know, uh, uh, online shops, um, or you know, their work can be uh, supported through um, uh, platforms like like Patreon, uh, or uh, you know, there are brick and mortar stores that you can visit, right? Um, so I'm thinking of of Happy Thoughts downtown, um, wonderful design-centric store that carries a lot of uh, local goods. Um, so, yeah, I, I encourage um, just sort of considering that, you know, the thing that you, you want could actually uh, is probably, um, you know, made locally by a friend, neighbor, or stranger, but, you know, uh, a member of your community. And so um, seek it out. Yeah, completely. Um is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off? No. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm always, uh, you know, grateful when folks want to talk about my practice. And um, well, and so I guess I'd want to say thank you to them, and of course to you. Um, yeah, for the for the work you do in, in highlighting local artists. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um,
Thank you so, so much, Vince, for coming on to the show and talking with us about Everloving Press and just your um, journey and your um, career and all that stuff and how, of course, COVID has impacted your career. Um, it's always really interesting to hear how people are adapting, how they've kind of um, shown resilience throughout this pandemic, um, regardless. Um, I think everyone really has, quite honestly. Um, so it's a little pat on the back for you there. Um in other news just before we end off don't forget tomorrow night is grad club trivia with the grad club obviously and cfrc at 9 p.m so just turn on your airwaves to 101.9 fm right here um, or you can even catch us on facebook live um, but it'll be a good time um, so come on out grab a drink um, and yeah play some really cool trivia with us um but thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Today in YGK, featuring artists in Kingston in collaboration with the Kingston Arts Council for a special project. Um, but yeah, that's about it on my end. I hope you enjoyed today's segment. Um, and I hope that you all have a great rest of your week. I hope the weather stays lovely and that you also have a great weekend. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.